Okay. You already know what it is. Another episode of As It Is. I'm here with Dom, my co-host, and we've got a lot to talk about. October is always that month where tons of content starts to drop. We're getting to the beginning of that sort of holiday rush. And a lot of the top AAA titles, AAA developers of both video games and, you know, anime as well, they use October as their like opening runway for a lot of the biggest names and biggest uh, titles, really. I keep saying the word titles, uh, the, more, the more titles that uh, that they that they want to promote the most. Like this is really that time where the best stuff kind of comes out first. And I, and I like that aspect to October. But yeah, Dom, how you been? My brother, I've been good, man. Everything's good over here on this side, bro. No complaints at all, man. About yourself. I've been good, you know. Allie made some mastacholi. Um, I'm chilling. It's fucking beautiful day, Sunday. They're just there ain't a care in the world. I'm just happy to do this episode and happy to yes, be on. The show. So let's dive right in. I know for me, the number one thing that I'm thinking about anime wise is Chainsaw Man. Of course, like most things, I didn't actually watch it yet. So I've just been kind of keeping it in my mind of like, oh, man, this is going to be the greatest show ever. And yeah. I'm almost afraid to watch it because I don't want that excitement to go away. So it dropped on October 11th. It's on Crunchyroll, right? Yeah. Um, it's on. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's on probably just Crunchyroll right now. I haven't. It's possibly on Hulu, maybe Prime, but I haven't heard it really being on too many other platforms, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think Crunchyroll, they've been just snatching up licenses left and right. And because it's that sort of premier anime streaming service, it makes sense to like put stuff, especially new stuff, on Crunchyroll first because you're going to get the most views by putting it on you know, an anime-only streaming service. So yeah. it, makes, it makes the most sense, but... I know Studio Mappa, which is probably the best studio making anime right now. They were the people Easily. that, I mean, I, I was looking at their titles earlier. I didn't even know that this many shows had gone through their hands, like Kakigure, fucking God of High School, Jujutsu Kaisen, fucking uh, the new or the final seasons of Attack on Titan. Like anything good is basically come from them in the past. I know you would like this, bro. I've seen, uh, I, I don't know how, how well it falls on your platter, but... I was. I also looked up earlier today what all shows Mappa had produced and put out because I was curious myself. I seen they had an Evangelion title on there, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They made uh, the last Evangelion movie, uh, Rebuild 3.0 plus 1.0. Yep. yep yeah. That's what it was. And you can just feel it because you know they they have that solid motion like graphics down where they can really make an animation look fluid and look real and lifelike. And you get so many of these shots in, or just really sequences in the last Evangelion movie where you would never see it before in any other Evangelion, where it's almost like this 360 panoramic, like moving camera kind of shots that uh, I noticed, I was like, this is a new thing. Like Evangelion has always been well animated. It's always been a great show, but to make it three-dimensional like that was definitely the stamp that MAPPA put on it. It was really interesting to see. Yeah. But I'm just excited to talk about Chainsaw Man because, number one, never seen anything like it in terms of the content. Like, the concept is just so insane to me. I, I didn't know what to expect. But it had that, you know, you've ever seen an anime trailer where you just know an anime is going to be good? Like, you yes. almost 
don't even need to see too much more except for that like one trailer and you're just like oh yeah this is going to be the new best anime chainsaw man had that aesthetic to it but um when you first watched it i mean if you want to talk a little bit about the the uh story and just what it's about just to get uh, listeners familiar with it absolutely bro so uh, honestly a while ago i had read a little bit of it and right away off off, off the top of my head like i know for a f- i knew for a fact at the time it was going to be good you could just tell like there's few other sh- uh mangas i've read where they haven't been out yet and i've said the same thing for but this one kind of took the cake bro so i'll just get right into it basically it's about this Main character's name is Denji, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it opens with him already having his powers, if I'm not mistaken, and he's just living his life. He, he comes off as a little carefree, and you get a little introduction to what he's been through and, and what he's currently going through. And his dad uh, owed, I guess, the the mob, the mafia, if you would, some big, big money, man, or the Yakuza. I'm using the wrong words right here. The Yakuza. Mm-hmm. He owed them, I guess, a large sum of money, and payday came. You just see a still frame of his dad dead, suicide, man. He just kills himself. Uh, so basically the kid, by force, the Yakuza comes, contacts him. They tell him, hey, you got this much time to come up with this amount of money. Either you do or your body's going to be in pieces by us, whichever way you want it. Kid basically, at that point, what would anybody do at his age? He's a little kid. He gives up on life. He knows he can't get the money. You know, nothing's going to come his way. He can't fix or nothing. So he just... Loses interest in life, kind of accepts his fate, and he's at his dad's grave. You see what appears to be at first like this little dog. So you're like, oh, damn, what is this? He comes out. The dog's got a little chainsaw sticking out of its snout. Mm. He knows what this thing is. They In their world, they have these things called, they're called uh, devils, and they appear in numerous shapes, sizes, appearances, everything. Like it's they're all different. It's like it's like real, real big with how these guys come as far as that. He realizes it's a devil. Most people, most normal people are scared. They're terrified of these devils. This thing just shows an instant sign of innocence. Even though it's coming at him with a little bit of hostility, you can tell something's up. The way it's walking and moving, you see it's injured. Mm-hmm. So you know he helps the thing out. He nurses it a little bit. Uh fast forward to his current day current age and him and this thing are now best friends like you it's cutest little thing you would think in a world full of devils man like you would want the pet yourself from how his dog comes about so they um he's happily working i guess i could say happily working for the yakuza as a devil hunter Mm. these are people who by whatever means they come about they go out they hunt devils they bring them back there's bounties on them they're worth money so that's how he works but He's still not even putting a dent in the debt that he had. Like mm-hmm. the payout, I think in the first devil when they in the dialogue is like seven hundred thousand, mm-hmm. uh, whatever currency yeah. that that they say it is. And yeah. he's like, oh, they got his employer. He's like, okay, here it's seven hundred thousand for this job. He's like, after expenses, what you owe, this, this, and that. He's like, you get about seventy thousand. And then he's like, oh, okay. He's like. He's walking home with the cash in hand, and he's like, damn, after bills, this, this, and that, he's like, we're left with like 1,800 yen. And he's like, oh, it's, it'll be enough for, for us to have a slice of bread for dinner. So you see like how he's living current day and how his life has been these last few years from a young into his uh, earlier adult life, I guess you could say. Um, and I don't know, man, like without giving away too much, he ends up getting another call from his employer. 
meets him up. He's like, I got a job for you. They walk in this abandoned warehouse. And you can just tell by the setting, the tone, the music, there's something off with it. It's not the usual of what we've been seeing when he meets up with these guys, goes and gets the devils, comes back, does what he does. He's walking, talking to the guy, and the dude turns around and basically lets him know, like, oh, we we realize becoming devils ourselves would be the better uh, better task for us. So this is where we uh, part ways, and they go to kill him. This big ass thing comes out. It's the zombie devil. Basically, anything that he gives his power to or fucks with turns into a zombie, like a, a mindless, brainless zombie, like not a not a World War Z zombie or a Twenty Eight Days Later zombie, like the kind of zombies we'd want to take over the earth mm-hmm. if that's the case, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you end up he ends up getting his body like chopped up. Now let me let me note one thing about this show that I've actually loved in terms of the animation and the art style. Most shows can only take it to such a high level with gore and gruesomeness, like because of their target audience and who they know is going to be attracted to the show. But this falls within the realm of like your Attack on Titan, your Akame got killed, even a little bit of your like Hunter x Hunter. Like they show you shit. This isn't a oh, oh a character gets their head cut off. We're gonna pan to a black screen, but mm-hmm. you're gonna hear the noise. It's like no. He uh he's chopped up in the dumpster. His dog's also cut in half, and one thing these devils need is blood. That's how they can stay alive. They can nourish themselves with it. They can regenerate all this. Mm-hmm. They're, laying, they're just in this dumpster all chopped up. He's clearly dead. The dog's on its way to dying, and his blood drips, gets into its mouth, and you see, you get a flashback of him talking to the dog, telling him what he wants to happen if they're both about to die. The light kind of clicks in the dog's head. He goes with it, and he ends up fusing with the dude, basically like jumping into his body and he pulls him back together and everything. And then you just fuck him, see him bust out this dumpster bow comes out two chainsaws out of the middle of both of his arms, one straight out of his forehead. And you just, it looks insane, bro. It's one of, to me, it's one of the coolest character designs I've seen. It seems original. doesn't come Mm. off as familiar, at least not from what I can remember or what I have watched. So I think Mm. they they definitely get an A for that. Um, and the, the fight scene, bro. I'm not going to say what happens in the fight scene because I've spoiled enough with what I've been saying. <laughs> Watch that fight scene, bro. They definitely, definitely kept up their promise. The manga creator said months ago, hey, when this show comes out, we're going to take away as little as we can while still keeping it within the realm of being watchable. And I, mm. they couldn't have done more. They couldn't have done better, bro. Gruesomeness, a one with this, and then I know. Don't let me sound like like a sadist. Don't let me sound like crazy out here. Like I love seeing shit, but it's animation, bro. You know, it, there's a fine line between that and reality, so you can have a higher interest with these things without feeling like, oh, am I weird? Is something off about me? So I say check it out. Um, Mappa, of course, always delivers. They, I don't think anything I've known them to make has ever not delivered for me, and this is this would be no exception. So. I checked it out as soon as you can, bro. And I'm like you. I'm not a, oh, new season drop, first episode's out. Let me go watch it. Nah. I don't yeah. like doing that, bro. The anticipation kills me. I hate waiting for a new episode, especially with how they end episodes. I'm like, bang, yeah. drop the whole season, bro. Please, as once. Yeah. Take an extra half a year, put everything out, please. I would wait longer for that. Like, I, uh, I like to wait until maybe episode four or five because mm-hmm. a typical anime show is 24 25 minutes sometimes 21 minutes so if you have four episodes you can at least fill up you know an hour you know to maybe an hour and a half 
and that feels like you know you really got your dose of anime yeah whereas if i'm watching it episode by episode 21 minutes is way too quick for the shit that I, you know that you see in anime like you want a lot of it especially studio mappa you know you want to get as much of the content as possible so i think i'm still probably going to stay a little bit away from it i might break down and watch that first episode tonight just because that sounded so cool the way you described it and one of the things you said that i thought was so true is it's so original like this show i haven't seen anything like the character designs and i haven't seen anything that i at least heard about anything that's as gory in modern anime like they're really if you go back to the 90s and early 2000s like yeah you've got gruesome anime left and right but it's been really, you know, poppy and sunny and shiny aside from Attack on Titan for a long time, you know, yep. and having an anime that kind of goes back to that sort of gruesome, gritty style of, of, of animation is really interesting. So um, I, that's that's one of the things that really stuck out to me. I was also thinking it really reminded me when I saw some of the shots in the trailer, it reminded me of FLCL. And even the uh, the creator Fujimoto talks about how it's kind of he how he kind of based not based it but kind of uh, sees it as an FLCL kind of show. You know, it has yeah. that same quality to it. I see yeah. that, bro, because that that was that was definitely um, that was one of the shows. Like for me as a kid, when I was still getting into anime more and i wasn't too like i was only so far into it from the start but obviously the more things that came out the more my brothers would tell me about maybe my neighbors friends at school whoever else was in that clique of us that were watching at the time flco was actually one of the ones that we like heavily gravitated towards and honestly still to this day i'm now an adult this is 20 some years ago Still couldn't get, I still couldn't tell you exactly what that show was about, but we loved it for some reason. But like, it, it was so random, but it was like not the kind of randomness to where you're like, bro, nothing makes sense, nothing is keeping my interest, nothing makes me want to watch them turning it off. It's like the perfect amount of randomness because so many different things had happened. And of course, as a kid, you can't pick up as many things, little shit, like little subtleties of oh they said mm -hmm. this this means that or look at his face when she says this it must mean that like you weren't nobody was really too worried about that you wanted to see fight scenes cool colors cool looking characters that kind of stuff but exactly. FLCL, for some reason bro it like it kept us like we we loved everything about it like we had no clue why the kid's head that that big ass mm -hmm. thing would come out of his forehead we had no clue what was yeah. going on um old girl i forgot her name but she's always on the scooter doing like mm -hmm. mock four on the scooter it would look like the way they <laughs> animated and it's like again i couldn't grasp anything but i'm like damn i like this i like this setting the world they leave in live in seems like peaceful and calm but like yeah it's like mm -hmm. it had a touch of futurism to it you know I, it, oh, it was yeah. just it was all over the place but in a good way man so i like that you actually um related it to that because this kind of has that feeling of like there's no unease with it like it, it's not mm -hmm. as serious as it may get it's like they know how to like perfectly balance it out with like okay here calm a little bit let's have some funny moments let's like make everything like colorful big bright out in your face but it's not going to be too much to where it like keeps you off the main focus so that's a good comparison mm -hmm. bro i like that yeah man it, it's uh in the same way that flcl is just like truly artistic this show seemed like it was truly artistic. Like it seemed like it was going for the, the, you know, the beautiful splash imagery that you would want to put up on your wall as a poster, just like a freeze frame from the yes. show. Cause 
it's so colorful and it's so unique and beautiful. It's like, wow, this is really when anime becomes art, you know, and uh, fucking that show and FLCL, Chainsaw Man and FLCL both have that sort of, it seems almost effortless, that quality of making it so artistic and so creative. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really is what anime is, you know, it kind of is the embodiment of anime, like something you can't find in regular cartoons, you definitely can't find in real life. And then there's this third thing called anime that all these other unique things can exist in. And have uh, existed from, for being real. Exactly. Or have come from, right? Just concepts in general that you couldn't have created in any other medium except for an anime. Yep. So I think, yeah, man, it's it really is something I'm looking out for. And probably by next episode, I'll have some more to talk about with uh, Chainsaw Man. But actually, I, while I was looking at Studio Mappa's uh, releases, I never thought to ask you about this show because I loved it. But what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen? Bro, it's it's fucking hilarious. I swear, bro, there's so many times when we record and I swear to God, we have the exact same thing on our minds. Because yeah. the one show, uh, I think it was like three or four shows ago now, we were talking about, you had asked me um, my top five like like current shows that are like out mm-hmm. ongoing right now. And mm-hmm. I literally wanted to smack myself upside the head because that was easily one of the ones I should have named when I thought about it because of how mm-hmm. I felt about it. But Jujutsu Kaisen, to me, again, Mappa being being the, the team behind it was just extra icing on the cake for me. Just because you know, you know for sure if you hear if – you're, if you're a reader like I've recently become this last year or two – and mm-hmm. you hear that first and foremost, this like your your manga is going to be adapted into an anime. That's already great, great news, big news. To hear map mm-hmm. was behind it, you're just like, okay, there's not a thing I gotta worry about now. Everything's gonna <laughs> lock in. Everything's gonna be just how it should be. How I want to see it. How these these uh the chapters are. How all the picture, all that. So, I I personally love Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, I watched the I binged the first season. I, I luckily waited. For I got I think a good like I think there's 24 episodes in the first season. I think a good 17 were out when I started watching it. So I watched a few couple of episodes over a couple of days, and then by the time I was ready to binge the rest, all of it was out. So I was geeked watching that because again, this is another show where again this it has more similarities to other shows in my opinion than Chainsaw mm. Man does. But outside of like the kind that general rule of where you kind of got to stay within that frame of what we're going to have the show be like you know all, all anime have a, they all got a similar story you know like your main character you know is going to be the strongest you right. know by, by some point or other you know your main character is going to be around the prettiest girl who he's not going to realize oh she likes him when he likes her and you know you know you got your just your general rules that that follow with it but they still kept it fresh and original with their, to me, their character design, the story, and, and kind of how, at least from the first season, the story goes about. Now, let me put a side note with this. I've read, and I'm all the way caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen right now, and they oh, still shit. haven't fallen off from that, in my opinion. It, it's I have no complaints about the show or the manga whatsoever. I even went and seen the movie in theaters when it came out a few months back. I think it was Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. The movie... Yeah. A prequel to the the show right now so it's it's events that happen prior to what you see so far if you're just an anime watcher but they're, they're, it's mm-hmm. very informational there's mentions of it throughout the first season of things that you will end up finding out that might have mm-hmm. seemed like choppy or like plot hole-esque if you would like oh why why haven't i out yet where's the information on this what's going on but 
man, that, that that's I give it a ten out of ten, bro. I, I know I'm throwing these numbers out like, whoa, you know, it's <laughs> not done. It's an automatic ten for me. Um, it's it's definitely in my top out right now. I would I'll put it with anything else right now, at least how for how first seasons are going. I don't want to compare it to too much thing, too many things that have like five six seasons out because I feel like that's unfair to those shows. But mm. definitely definitely up there for me right now. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I fucking loved it. It just had that, uh, that quality of a great fight anime that is just, it, 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 you don't really see anime that's that simplistic and good at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to, to pull off and also an anime that's just plain old cool, you know, like mm-hmm. just cool. Yeah. Like, no, all around. Like, like that's, that's, that's like the, the, the vibe I get from it. It's like, and and I don't know exactly like everything that plays into that, but I know like like the, okay, the way the the characters are dressed, even like I to yeah. me that's the big thing because what a lot of people won't credit anime for that I've seen in my life that I credit for is a lot of fashion and style sense, bro. Like I've seen yeah. so many so many styles of clothing, like even in the early days, like even like your Naruto days, uh, mm-hmm. your your DBZ days, your Kogi, yeah, like a lot of the way that they dress from these these things that were out twenty years ago is when they started. We're now mm-hmm. seeing in fashion, like within these last five to ten years, at least in my opinion. Like, for example, oh, yeah. something something that I've I've always noted that was a big difference, especially for men's fashion, um, mm-hmm. was joggers. Joggers yeah. weren't always around. Like, you had your sweatpants, you had your jeans, and like the closest thing you might have had to a jogger was like a smaller fitting pair of sweatpants, right? So, right, right. You don't note too much to it, but like me. I, I went back and thought about it. I'm like, damn, bro, they've had this style of pants in anime for years now. And like to me, they yeah. weren't they didn't get big till joggers really hit the scene, I would say, at least from what I was seeing over here in America, like the last ten like ten years ago now, which is still yeah. fairly new for a fashion sense. You know, a lot of fashion has already been out, just kind of changed and reworked in their own ways. But that was one thing I seen. And I right away, bro, I credited anime. I'm like, bro, these look like oh, anime, these look like pants that a lot of these characters were, you know? Oh, yeah. Or how about this? Check this out. Guess, like, for me, the biggest, I guess, transplant from anime to the real world is that style of a skinny pant, like a tapered mm-hmm. leg, short, skinny, like, almost like ankle-length pant, right? Yeah. And then big shoes. Yep. You see that in every you see that in every anime and now that's become a style. Like big chunky sneakers, like you look at the Balenciaga Triple S, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the the pants that most people wear with them, they're usually like tapered or like like skinny at the bottom pants and that's ripped right out of an anime. Like that's Literally. how anime characters dress. That's how Kingdom if you look at Kingdom Hearts, that's how every character was dressed in Kingdom Hearts. Like yeah. big boots big chunky shoes and then skinny like ankle skinny angled clothing it's um it's incredible how much that's caught on and dude for me the biggest fashion show uh of any anime is it has to be if you watch season 3 i believe of Yu Yu Hakusho where the characters stop like wearing their school clothes and they start yeah. wearing regular street clothes bro Yusuke's fit where he's got just Dripped a white tee. Yo, he's just got like a white tee and like some ankle length jeans. Like that's straight out of APC. Like that's straight out of 
like this year fashion catalogs. Yes. It's crazy. When you see that with the pants tucked in, with the shirt tucked in, it's like that's absolute drip. It's that was in an anime fifteen. Yeah, that was in an anime fifteen years ago. Like we're we're talking about miles ahead when we're when we look at anime fashion, and it's only going to become more, I believe, popular to dress kind of like how they dress in anime. Because yes. in the past in the past ten years, I mean. Who would have thought when we were in elementary school, you know, hiding from our friends that we were, well, I guess you had three brothers, so you didn't have to hide this, but I had to hide that I watched anime because all my friends, you know, they, oh, they also, hide it, just not from <laughs> everyone. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, but who would have thought when you were like sneaking around, like reading manga that in 15 years, 10, 15 years, everybody would be basically openly talking about anime girls would watch it with their with their boyfriends that you could go to conventions and it wouldn't be weird like who knew that that would be a part of our culture today that anime would take over in the way that it has and i love that yeah but i think it's really taking it's really bleeding into apparel it's bleeding into the way that we use technology it's bleeding into a lot of stuff um just the sort of anime aesthetic and i love it i think it's cool no, it's great, bro, because, I mean, I, never in a million years did I think it would become what it did, like you're saying, like, especially, especially the, like, the point you just noted about, like, g- girls were the last people, not, don't let me come off this <laughs> actress or how, however it may sound, girls were the last people I thought were ever going to watch anime outside of old people, so, yeah. outside of that, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, as much as I liked it, you know, you always, at that age, you have it in the back of your mind, you're like, damn, I try to holler at a girl and I tell her this, you know, like she's going to think I'm yeah. weird. I'm a nerd. Yeah. Like it, it, facts are facts, bro. And regardless of what anybody says, you, sh- you should like what you like, regardless of what people say. But that was just how it was at the time. It was a large yeah. majority that did not like it, were not involved in it. Or if they were, they were too scared or too prideful to admit in front of others. So it was like, mm-hmm. you could, it was kind of hard to find out who liked things outside of the kids who maybe wore a t-shirt with an anime character or or came to school with like an iPod or something playing like outside of those kind of things you really mm-hmm. couldn't tell who it was because you either had to a hopefully overhear them talk to somebody about it and then you join the conversation or b they just somehow magically know or could tell from you or looking at you or how you are maybe you were interested in the same thing so you're right bro it's 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 almost mind blowing to me these days because we we are a part of that small number of people that minority of people who you know we've we've been in this since it's been available to us and then now you fast forward to what we are now and it's like bro i I, like i work at a party store i work at the public a lot bro there's Mm -hmm. 40 45 50 year old men that come in there over here me and my brother me and my coworker, me and another customer talking about it they Mm -hmm. watch it bro and i just it's it's the coolest fucking thing to me because it's passed off as as kitty stuff you know what i'm saying like at the time right. it was it was like oh this is a cartoon and i hate people call right. anime cartoons so anybody that's listening <laughs> anime is not the same as a cartoon do not confuse the two they look similar they are very different please believe that never very forget good. that but yeah man, it's, it, it was like it's very eye-opening because you kind of get this idea of okay it's one of two things at least for me with these older people either these people have been fans from years and years ago, and it was the same kind of thing, like how me and you had to be like, okay, I got to just keep this on the down low for now. I don't want nobody to know this. Or this new style of anime, this new wave of anime is pulling in all these different viewers and fans nowadays that either way, it, to me, it's a good thing because whoever had to hold it back can now let it out and not be judged as widely yeah. as you were back in the day. Or 
like I said, you're a new you're a new fan of it, and they're just hitting everything out the park with new shit. So I love it, man. I, I think it's you said it like you mentioned earlier in the show. It's October. What what a fucking month we have right now for for media uh, media itself. Let me not even just keep it down and break it down to just being about anime media itself, bro. It, it, it's great, yeah. and it's looking even better for next year and the years to come. This is that like October is that shot that you hear before people go off to race you know like that like that gunshot they put in the air like that's like everybody's coming out of the gate right now just speeding just going so fast you're seeing some of the best producers of content on the planet trying their absolute hardest to make the best stuff and right now i think it really proves that we are in this renaissance especially when it comes to anime and video games which we're about to get to Um, When it comes to those two mediums, we are definitely in a renaissance of creativity and talent. Um, You know, I think when you look at like I like to look at anime as kind of this like reverse bell curve where you have its highest point in like the late 90s. To me, I still think that's the that's the golden age of anime. And then it really dips low. And I would say the lowest point is probably like 2005 to 2008 was really like not a good time for to sure. be an anime fan. It wasn't, <laughs> then, bro. It was like you had nothing to look forward to, it felt like. Yeah, there was just nothing great being made. It was sort of a time where there was a lot of derivative anime. It was just stuff that you'd seen before, but they were just trying to, you know, the, the typical model of most Japanese corporations, which is let's milk as much money out of this well, with all corporations, right? Yeah. But I would say the Japanese corporations, they do it in a very specific way where they're like, we're not even going to make a show that makes sense. We're just going to make a show that we can make like a card game off of. Yeah. We can make, or we can make a uh, fucking toys that we can sell, you know, uh, to, to, because that's where really where they're making their money, not so much uh, syndicating or producing a show. The show is just a vehicle to get you to buy the toys. And I think we really saw that in like the 20, the aughts. Um, but then you start to see this gradual incline. You started to see, anime i would say right around 20 the 2010 mark anime start to create really interesting new stories and then i would say for about nine years it just get got better and better every year and i think to be honest i and i don't even really like this show but i gotta give it to naruto yeah naruto was the show that really was the backbone of anime during that time and brought so many new viewers to anime uh so yeah, I got to give it to Naruto. Yeah, bro, it was def- it was definitely like that 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 if you would second foot in the door. Like you said the 90s was was definitely that first foot in the door like okay, this is here to stay. This is great. This is bringing a lot of viewers, you know. And then, like you said they had, we we had to we had to go through that I call it I- Oh shit. Dom. Uh-oh. Hey, can you hear me? Oh man, we get we get one of these in episode, guys. We get one of these in episode. We're gonna be creating a studio soon. Me and Don are gonna be in the same room. Don't worry. But right now we're still over Discord, and you know these things happen. So let's just wait for Don to come back. He may have gotten a phone call. Something may have happened. But uh, meanwhile, I'm sitting here in Plymouth, Michigan. It's getting cold. Any other shows out? Oh, Don, can you hear me? Yeah. What's up? Sorry, you had cut you had uh cut off. Oh damn, I didn't even realize that. Why the yeah, fuck is that's it doing like, that, bro? Yeah, um, it doesn't once I was saying it doesn't once an episode, but it's all oh, good. You know what? I think somebody called me. Yeah. Uh, 
that's what it is. I gotta, I gotta just block my calling for when I do this because for some reason, when I'm on Discord and I get a call, it gives priority to my call from my yeah, what I yeah, talk to. Yeah. Um, but no, I was saying um about Yu-Gi-Oh. How how you had already mentioned like you know a lot of these shows like they weren't really out there to make a great show, but it was kind of oh well, how can we make money out of this? Now Yu-Gi-Oh wasn't terrible. It's nowhere near the worst show to ever come out, but compared to a lot of other shows, you know, I, I wouldn't even have it in my top 20. But outside of that, you got to give them credit because I would say their their card game has probably blown revenue and sales out of the water compared to what their show is made. That was easily the top card game for a long time was Yu-Gi-Oh! I loved Yu-Gi-Oh! the card game when I was a kid, bro. We were playing that shit all day, every day. My neighbors, my friends, and like, so you're very right yeah. about that, bro. Yeah, it was a phenomenon, dude. Yu-Gi-Oh! I always tell this story. Maybe I haven't told it on this podcast, but uh, when I did live in Michigan when I was really young, I was in Michigan from second to fourth grade before I moved back here after I graduated high school. Okay. So I was in Maryland from I was in Maryland from uh, fifth grade to I graduated high school, and then my parents moved back here, and that was when I moved to New Orleans for college. But anyways, from second to fourth grade. We would every winter because, you know, you still have to go out to recess when it's like negative three degrees. So when it would be really cold like that, everybody would bring their Yu-Gi-Oh cards to school. And like, you know, those little. So before you go into a door that like leads outside, it's like kind of like dug into the to the building. So like there's like kind of a almost like a little cave before you get. Yes. Yeah. We would. So that the wind wouldn't hit us, we would stay in those little like near the doors and we would all play Yu-Gi-Oh cards just on the pavement of the school, like during the uh, recess. And bro, we did it so much and it got so heated because so many kids, because we would play for cards, right? Like if you lost, if you lost, you'd lose lose your fucking cards. And uh, so many kids were losing their cards. They had to ban fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it was like we were stealing them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I have, to have a story that's funny that you fucking mentioned that because the whole playing for cards thing definitely came about when the uh the Battle City arc was out. Yeah. Like the first the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh was like you know the introduction to the game, how it's played, all that it was normal. Then they hit Battle City. Kaiba was the head of it, and mm-hmm. uh, it was you know you're it's you know, like normal shit, but they can go through your deck and take a card. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that was the rule. So. We actually had this tournament at my house. I, I feel bad about it now thinking about it because we were definitely some little assholes. But, um, you know, there was about six, seven kids on my block. We all had cards, all had our own decks, whatever. So we set up a tournament in my garage one time. And we're like, okay, we're doing Battle City rules. So if you lose, we get to go through your deck and pick a card. Now, mm-hmm. it's a little bullyish, but we knew these one kids that lived in our street. Their parents were more prone to buying them these these cards as often as they were as opposed to, like, me, my my two uh, next door neighbors, and the kid across the street from me. We were only getting them so often, whereas, you know, these kids are going to Toys R Us all the time. Their parents are buying them three, four decks. So we had those rules. And at the time, we only had such an understanding of how the game was supposed to be played. So here's what we were doing. You know, summons, we, we weren't too well versed with the tribute summoning rules, normal summoning, all this. So what would we do? We'd have a three a three tribute monster. We'd play three monsters in one turn, tribute summon, get that card out, and then go. We used to like stack our decks too, like put certain cards on top. All this, yeah. All this now nowadays I'd call it some scumbag shit, but I remember, yeah. bro, we ended up uh, 
these two kids, we specifically invited them because we knew they had better cards than us. So I played one. I think my neighbor played the other. And, we, you know, we had all those scheme going. We beat these kids. We definitely went through their decks, took their best cards. And I'll never forget, bro. They were crying at the time. They went home, told their parents. Their parents had to come over and say, hey, you know, you guys got to give those cards back, you know, yada, yada. So, of course, we did. But that is hilarious that you guys it, – it, it's always awesome to me to find out, like, how much different like your life might have been growing up where where we saw our similarities and how how many how like far away you would have been how much of a different area you in but a lot of shit stay the same you know what i mean and i think Hell that's yeah. fucking awesome that you guys did the same thing bro because i don't hear too many kids that were involved in Yu-Gi-Oh say that they used to do that as often so that's that's fucking awesome it's crazy it's crazy how similar it all was and like you'll talk to somebody who you've never met before and you'll have these like very similar experiences you know if you get on certain topics if you get on certain subjects with them yeah you'll be like holy shit yeah i used to do that shit too yeah. uh i think uh i think one of the coolest things about Yu-Gi-Oh was how many times you could play a game and how many different things could happen yeah. and how strategic it would make you think at that young age like you would actually have to think and whoever could think far far enough ahead almost like chess uh, was most likely to win. So there was a system to it. It wasn't completely random. Yeah. There was a way that you could win, even if you didn't have as good of cards. There's a way you could conserve and be uh, a little bit more measured and tempered with the way that you played the game. Man, Yu-Gi-Oh! really taught uh, taught me a lot about strategy at a very young age. It was yes, really man, I swear, bro, because it's like you said, like you, like I even... Me and my buddies used to play not too long ago because one time one of them just came across a chest of cards and he just had like a whole bunch of like classic cards and he's like, damn, bro, like I'm not going to lie, I missed this shit. And then he ended mm -hmm. up contacting me and I told him, I'm like, bro, I still have this little uh, carrying case that I had with, I had like all my holographics in and then a whole bunch of just random cards, decks I had built from years and years ago. And I, I even like for me, he told me I went through, looked at him again. I'm like, damn, bro, I could play this again right now. No joke. So we got a few of us together. We got some newer cards and shit, and we were playing. And I swear, like, it was even, I hate to say this, but it was even better as an adult because, like you said, your strategic mind works way differently than as a kid. As a kid, you're not looking too far into the end result, kind of more so what's going on. Oh, shit. Dom. Come on. I think he's getting another call, guys. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. But yeah, tell us what you think about Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, pl please feel free to hit me up on Instagram. It is at underscore. Sorry, that's not my Instagram. It's uh, it's at a underscore b a a r i, and uh, you can always DM me and just tell me about your experiences with Yu-Gi-Oh. Tell me about the show, the direction it's heading. If you like this, or if you want some more, I don't know. Uh, other kind of content if you want me to kind of go back to some of the other old interviews that i used to do please hit me up and let me know any responses are always appreciated if you want to tell I'm me back my bad guys oh here we go so yeah Dom. Fuck. no it's straight i just anytime you you get disconnected i just make it into a little commercial so, okay cool yeah. i'm like i'm like bro i'm, I'm I, like i'd heard you i can like my mic my mic's a little sensitive so i could i knew I was hearing you a little bit in the background, not necessarily talking, but when I was saying it, and then I just heard silence, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. And then I'm looking. I'm like, come on, man, twice? <laughs> yeah. But I got it. I got it under control now. That's my fault. But yeah, bro, all in all, like I was saying, Yu-Gi-Oh! Great card game. Um, perfect example of what you were saying, though, about how we had that that drop of just 
let's get these out here to be a big cash grab. Uh, and, you know, now we're far away from that, which I couldn't love more, bro. Like, it's, it's they're going back to the quality, the... And I know a lot of people, a lot of fans of anime don't always like this, but even a lot of these shows that keep up with their fan service, depending on what kind of fan service it is, mm. I also love that too right now because they're they're keeping a lot more shit true. Whereas even in the golden age, they were doing this, you know, a lot of anime that comes out, they had this kind of uh, like basis to build it around where filler was always included. Yeah. Now with a lot of these newer shows that have been coming out, to me, they are the per- a lot of these newer shows are perfect length because they don't do that. They don't focus on filling out their time slot for mm. Toonami as they would have to do back in the day or WB for kids, whatever it may have been. They mm. don't do that as much. And I know it's because they know everybody's so much into streaming nowadays that they know that that's out of the question. They don't need to waste their time with that no more. They can keep it where it's at and keep it as true to the source material as they can. And I couldn't love that more, bro. Yeah, I think you're totally right. That is where filler went, was that now because it's on streaming platforms and because uh, anime is just that much more expensive to make, I think that's a big part of it as well. Uh, they just don't really have the time to waste. You know, they've got to make yeah. a good season in 24 episodes and they can't really mess around. So I think it's really cool that they um, have made um, that they've made that decision to kind of take it away from the old you know, system of every two episodes just being, you know, oh, they get lost in the woods, you know, or, oh, they're, you know, talking about this or they're, you know, at somebody's house eating ramen. And that's the whole yeah. episode. Yeah. Well, one one anime I have not brought up to you that I did want to talk a little about. Maybe we can talk more next episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I, have you ever seen Jin Tama? Man, I I've seen only clips of it. I've never actually went through and watched it. I, I have an Dude. idea of what it's about, only a little bit from summaries I've read and things like that, but not I don't know too much about it, honestly. It might be to me the most creative anime ever made. Like in terms of it really? just being yeah, in terms of it having like an immersive world that is really doing something that I feel like a lot of animes try to do, which is be funny. Uh, yeah. And also be serious at the same time. Jintama like knocks it out of the park and it's just so rich. It's got so much going on. And it's, I think like 400 episodes or something crazy like that. But the coolest thing about Jintama's humor is that it's uh, it's aware that it's an anime. Like it's yeah. very, it, it, the, the anime knows that it's an anime and knows that it's a cartoon. So they will make jokes about it being an anime, about there being a filler episode and them talking like, be like, man, we just want to get through this episode. Like it's very much like almost like watching uh, like Saturday Night Live or some sort of improv show, but with animated characters, which I've always wanted to see is like a show that didn't that a show that they played around with enough that it almost seemed lifelike because the characters knew that they were characters and knew that they were just sort of reading a script and playing a show. And there's so many fourth wall breaking episodes. There's so many episodes where they're parodying other animes. It's really something to see, man. I would really highly recommend Jintama, man. That I'm that anime is my list. super special and I'd love to talk about it more uh, on the, on the next episode. But I oh, think, yeah. I think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap a bow on this because I like, where we are with with this episode so i think i'm just gonna let this be a standalone we're at 45 minutes so i'm gonna let this be a standalone episode and we can uh let's talk about 
let's talk about video games when the video game drops. When okay, when we get a chance to sit down and play MW two, then I want to like just record a whole episode talking about only MW two, talking about the culture of Call of Duty, which we've alluded to, we've talked a little bit about, but I want to dedicate an entire episode to that because yeah, I think that'll I, work out. Yeah, October is the month of Call of Duty. It's the time of year where every gamer, even casual gamers, blow off plans, disappoint people, start lying to uh, play that game. <laughs> yeah, lying to girlfriends. Yeah, babe. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be off one more match. Ten yeah, matches like, later, you're coming in. It's like it's like that's the that's definitely the video game where people ruin real life like plans, relationships chances opportunities jobs school all of those yeah. things go away when uh call of duty comes out so i think it deserves its own standalone episode but yeah, i think chainsaw way. man and anime i think this was a great just capstone episode for like anime of october new anime i think this is a good one yes sir awesome dom well hey man thanks for coming on thanks for having me bro awesome man